Give him glory only like World Harvest Church can give him glory. Come on, shout. I feel his presence all over this room. There's nothing wrong at your house that what's right in this house tonight can't fix. I said I feel him. Thank him for something he already did for you this week. We only halfway in. I mean, name it. Call it. Rejoice in it. Have victory in it. You gotta take future faith from past experience. I just heard him say that. I heard him say, you have to take future faith from past experience. Turn around and tell somebody what I just said. What he said was, you gotta take future faith from past experience. So you gotta rejoice today for what it did yesterday to give you the strength to overcome tomorrow. Come on, get into your future with a praise right now. Apprehend that sickness before it ever gets started. Move that accident out the way with a praise. You gotta be purposeful in your praise. Your praise is a weapon. Learn how to wield it. Learn how to use it. Woo! Send a praise into your tomorrow. Come on, spread out now. Spread out. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. Increase the borders of your habitation. Let God put his hand on you for good. Right now, throw both hands up and say, just put your hand on me for good tonight. Keep me from evil. And bless me. I said, bless me right now in the land of the living. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to be blessed. I can handle the burden of blessing. Come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. You wet water walking, Jesus. You blind man healing Jesus. You leper cleansing Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Give him a praise that'll get you ready to receive a word. Give him a praise that'll get you ready. Come on, get the junk cleansed out. Get the doubt cleansed out. Get the unforgiveness gone. Get the blaming gone. Throw your hands up and shout how much you love it. Amen. All right, now spread out a little bit. Come on. Get loose. Because tonight, God about to change your season. Come on, you almost to the top of the mountain. You almost the second hand about to click and hit midnight. You're about to hit the tipping point. Look at somebody next to you and tell them, get ready to tip. Because tonight you're going to hit the pinnacle of the mountain you've been climbing. I can't hardly take myself. I said tonight you're about to hit the pinnacle of the mountain you've been climbing. 
You spoke to it. You looked at it. And then you said, I'll just climb you. Because that ain't no mountain to a climber. Tonight you reach the pinnacle of that mountain you've been climbing. And you just about to drop over the other side. That's enough. Be seated. No, get back up. Everybody does Look at somebody around you that looks like they might need a little boost of their faith. Ask somebody near you and say, do you need a faith lift? You looking like you need a faith lift. And I'm about to give it to you. Because tonight, you about to hit the tipping point. Your clock about to go straight up at midnight and head into a brand new season. Turn around and wave at that mountain you've been climbing. Wave down through all the treachery, through all the peril, through all that you faced to get here tonight when the devil thought you quit halfway up and here you are tonight standing on top of that mountain be seated be seated grab your bible acts chapter 16 Uh, now it happened, uh, as we touch it up and say, uh, it's about to happen. The atmosphere of expectancy is a breeding ground for your miracle. It's about to happen. Are you expecting it? Are you anticipating it? Are you preparing for it? Are you making a room for it? Are you digging a ditch for that gully washing blessing to flow in? It's about to happen. Be seated. Uh, now it happened as we went to prayer. Stop. Don't read ahead. It happened as we went to prayer. As we went to prayer, it happened. Pray and watch God move. Pray and watch your mountain be made plain. Pray and watch the cancer go. Pray and watch the miracle come. Pray and watch hell be defeated. Pray and watch your mind clear up. Pray and have the best night's sleep you've Forty days. Forty days. Holy Ghost spoke this to me right here about 5.36 o'clock this evening. Hmm. 40 days of prayer and fasting equals divine miracles. Forty days of prayer and fasting equal divine miracles, divine intervention, divine breakthroughs divine healing, 
divine miracles and demonic mischief. I need somebody to just say, mm. because we always want the one without the other. We want to tug on super devil's cape and expect no reaction from him. My dear brother and sister, your armor is the prophetic indicator that you're in for a conflict. During this 40 days, you will discover that you were built for the battle. I'm gonna go on, you're gonna find out this is a battlefield not a recreation room. This is not the playground. This is the battleground. You are about to encounter the wrath of your adversary. You should have just kept your praise to your fine self. You should have just kept that hallelujah real quiet. Because when you get to praying and fasting, you gain heaven's attention and hell's attack. You are not under attack because you got it wrong. You are under attack because you're getting it right. Say, I'm in a season of divine miracles and demonic mischief. I need a shout from every person that realize, wait a minute, that realizes that during this 40 days, we are seeing more miracles, more salvation, more healing, more baptism in the Holy Ghost than any other time during the year. But shout also if you know you've been under one of the greatest attacks of your life. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try your faith God in military vernacular is testing your metal it's about to be revealed what you're made of divine miracles, demonic mischief. Be seated. If you don't believe it, keep reading. As we went to prayer, a certain slave girl. You know this book talks about those who are taken captive of your adversary at his will. Uh, I didn't mean to talk about your family. I didn't mean to talk about your church family. I didn't mean to talk about your closest friends. Do you know the devil knows who your BFF is? Do you know the devil knows that person that you think you share confidence with? Do you know he is incessantly listening to your conversation. That's the reason sometimes you'd be better off just to just button it up and tell your prayer partner, just pray for me in the Holy Ghost. 
because I don't need your mind to know nothing about what I'm going through. I just need your spirit to get in agreement with my spirit to get in agreement with the word so a three-stranded cord cannot be broken. Look at your neighbor and tell him, don't talk too much. Sometimes we talk too much. Good God Almighty. So now they've been in fasting and prayer. They're seeing divine miracles and along comes demonic mischief. A slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination. Your Bible says, deliver us from unrighteous and unruly people. Everybody understand what unrighteous is, but not many folk understand what unruly people are. Unruly people are incapable of sustaining a harmonious relationship. They are in actuality taken captive to use against you at Satan's will. Don't tell me I've lived on this planet 62 years. I could name some for you that every time in my life I was ready for a significant breakthrough and I knew it. Every time in my life I was getting ready to have a major celebration, he had come them acting up. Acting up, why? Because the enemy knows if he can't get to you, who can? You run the devil off. A little harder for you to run your BFF off. Here they came. Miracles and mischief. Your mind will want to play games with you. You didn't get it. That's all fake. Those people aren't really saved. Why are they jabbering like that? That's the devil speaking that through you. See? Your spiritual, your spiritual radar, of, I'm talking about your human spirit, never became so perceptive until you claimed your healing and then everything in you goes to searching for pains that weren't even in there before you <laughs> miracles mischief watch it now there are seven steps now the Bible said that this girl was possessed with a spirit of divination. You can get there too. The time when you are the most blessed is also the time you are the most vulnerable. Preachers never quit in the midst of the battle. They always quit just after. The great Haddon Spurgeon called it the minister's fainting spells. Where after the greatest victory they've ever seen, a high percentage fall away. It's not during the battle, it's after. Smile at me. You can end up this way. Seven steps. 
I will not articulate them. Step number one, regression. What does that mean? It means your shout gets a little bit softer. Your expectation gets a little bit lower. Your enthusiasm about getting to church on time begins to wane away. You become irritable, despondent. Now you're into suppression where the adversary supernaturally presses you down. You become suppressed. You want to shout, but you can't. You want to pray, but you can't seem to get out the words. You want to raise your hand, but they feel like they're strapped down to lead weights at your feet. You're being suppressed. That leads to what 72% of all Americans say they are, depression. I'm depressed. I sink down. When you give in to depression, the next thing you know, you will become oppressed, abnormally pressured. You don't want to get up off the couch. You don't want to go to work. You're so weary that you think, I could get up and go to the bathroom if it wasn't so far away. You can't go to sleep at night. You can't get up in the morning. Then, obsession. I'll never be healed. I'll never be blessed. I'll always be broke. I'll never. And then you become, you internalize that. And so anybody that gets a new car, you get jealous. Anybody that gets a wife when you don't have one, you become angry. You're obsessed. And then, you're just a tip away. Just a tip away. That's all it takes. And you're into possession. Sitting in a church pew. Here she was. Now your Bible says she brought her masters whew, much profit by fortune telling this girl followed Paul and us and cried out. Listen to what she said. This demon. These men are the servants of the Most High God. Be careful. Following people that seem to only gain the applause of men. This girl this girl was saying, look, they show us the way of salvation. So you want to just smack them and say, well, why don't you follow it then and get rid of those devils? I'll tell you why. Because you're not ticked yet. Everybody just did this tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Did anybody ever see the movie Back to the Future? Wave your hand if you ever saw it. Remember that great old big clock? Or did you ever watch a good black and white western movie? Somebody's always looking at a pocket watch. Or there's a town clock. At high noon, they're going to draw. And they wait and they wait and they wait. And really good ones could tune their ear to what that mechanism sounded like just before that second hand went. And they could get a little jump on the draw. I'm going to teach you tonight to hear a sound, to get a jump on the draw. I wish I had half a church tonight. Man, I feel like preaching all night. Woo! Shove your neighbor and say, I'm about to get ticked. 
What if? What if the only thing standing between you and divine health? I'm not talking about healing. I'm talking about walking in divine health. Wherever a system of your body functions normally and properly, where your triglycerides and your cholesterol and your testosterone and your estrogen are all at normal levels. What if your sensory mechanisms all worked properly? What if the only thing standing between you and the husband or wife that God destined for you what if the only thing standing between you and a financial breakthrough where you could start giving away more money than you make? When I was 27 years old, that became my goal. I'm going to give away more money than I make. I do it every year of my life. I give away more money than I make. Blessed be the holy name of God forever. Because I found out something, and it makes me shout, no offense intended, you're not my source. This church is not my source. Ministry is not my source. I bow my knee to no one but the living Christ of the eternal ages. He is my source. He is my sustenance. He is my supply, savior, salvation, healer, healing, deliverer, deliverance, protection, pro provider. Man, this was about a five-parter. What if the only thing standing between you and absolute freedom. Was you getting just ticked enough to be blessed? See, I've discovered something. Most people's problem is not that they don't pray enough. It's not that they don't fast enough. Most true believers are driven to prayer. It's second nature. Now I'm not talking about, you know, cereal Christians, flakes, nuts, and fruits. I'm, I'm talking about true believers. I'm talking about that Wednesday night crowd. I'm talking about that come out when it's snowing crowd that I got off work late, but ain't nothing keeping me out of the house of God tonight. I'm talking about that crowd comes no matter who in the pulpit. And don't have to tell, have anybody tell them to shout, clap, dance, wave, run, spin, leap. I've discovered the major problem with true believers is they think they're not supposed to get mad. May I submit to you that there are, is some fruit hanging from the trees of the kingdom that is meant for you that you will never taste the sweet nectar of till you get ticked. Look what it says. Next verse. And this she did for many days, but Paul Everybody, oh, the great apostle. This man killed more Christians 
than anybody in his day. This man was not a wimp. This man was not attacked with spiritual paralysis. This man was a warrior. Becoming greatly annoyed. He got annoyed with people, this girl, gathering crowds together, shouting praises to him. He could recognize the difference between a divine miracle and a demonic manifestation. <laughs> I just looked at that. I looked up annoyed in different translations. One of them said he was raging. Are you? Uh, he was furious. I just got a letter. Well, a text, long one. It was really long. <laughs> From a precious Valor Christian College student who lives in another nation. And, well, I'll tell you, it was Canada. And she said, Pastor, my 10-year-old came home weeping from school today. I said, why? Well, she's related the story that they were having a uh, wellness day. So all their classes were outside, you know, under a tree. They got called inside to the auditorium to be given a lecture on perseverance. Now, I could think of a lot of people in American and Canadian history to hear a message about perseverance from. How about a soldier who came back without his lower limbs? and is still overcoming every day of his life. How about that? Instead, a transgender brought the lecture on how to persevere. We are being indoctrinated and it's time somebody better stand up in the midst of perversion and call it what it is. One of our precious pro-life groups in the state of Illinois has come under attack by the legislature because they quoted me and called abortion the American Holocaust. Saying that equated to hate speech against the Jewish people. Now wait a minute. Ten, approximately six million Jewish people were marched to their deaths in death chambers. Approximately six million. We have murdered 70 million innocents in the death chambers of Planned Parenthood. Some 
body some way, sometime, somehow better stand up and say we're not standing for this. I want you to clap a little loud. Gonna hang with me, you wanna go home. Gonna hang with me, you wanna go home. Gonna hang with me, you wanna go home. Then lift up your shout a little louder. Dance a little bit like you got victory. Quit being intimidated, quit being oppressed, quit being depressed. Quit being abnormally squeezed down. Spread your wings, baby. It's time to climb this mountain. The apostle got furious. One translation said he was fuming. But the one I like best, he got ticked. When's the last time you got real good and ticked about what the devil is attempting to do to your mind, to your body, to your money? Look at him, nobody ticked. Then I die, I just... Give me a good mad face. I'm so tired of a bunch of weak need, milk sop, milk toast, so-called evangelicals that completely misunderstand, misinterpret, and mispreach the message of love. And besides that, you ain't supposed to be loving the devil anyway. When you gonna get mad at that pain attacking your body? When are you gonna quit walking around acting like you gotta serve that mess? When are you gonna tell that divorced devil to get out of your house? When you gonna tell that devil, my body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He moved in and you're moving out. When you gonna look at your bank account, your paycheck, your wallet, your savings account, your investment and get mad that the devil is stealing you blind. Listen to this, stay right where you are and get ready. Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse. Wait a minute. And I will prove myself to you, says the Lord of hosts, that I will open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. There shall not be room enough to receive it. If you're a tither, God did not ruin his record and deny his word for you. But somewhere between heaven and your bank account, the devil stole it. So why don't you take about 15 seconds and in the fire of the Holy Spirit, tell him to put your stuff back. Get my wealth back. Get my money back. Get my car payment back. Get my car back. Get my house back. Get my bonus back. 
get my business back. No, you're not, you're not ticked yet. Some of you act like if some thief walked in here tonight, picked up your purse and walked out the back door, you'd say, um, I wish you wouldn't do that. Lord, I just confess my money's not gone. Yes, it is. You know what God's saying to you? I gave it to you. You let the thief steal it and don't have the backbone to make him put it back. We got mad in here Sunday night about how the devil had attacked Miss Sherry. I mean, we got flat and mad about it. Have you had a pain since then? No. She went to the gym and worked out. Dance! So I'm gonna get somebody mad if I have to come out there and spiritually punch you right in the foot. Be seated. You think God is going to let us win 1,805 people to Jesus without some demonic mischief going on? My God. Acts chapter 16, verse 22. Then the multitude rose up together. Isn't it amazing how the devil's crowd can get into agreement real fast? Watch this now. Then the multitude rose up together against them. Uh, write this down. Tweet this. The crowd is not always correct. Popular opinion led to the crucifixion of our Savior. Crucify him. Crucify him. And the magistrates tore off their clothes, commanded them to be beaten with rods. And when they'd laid many stripes upon them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Good luck. I dare you to look at every chain hanging around you, spirit, soul, and body, every demonic entity, every principality and power, every demon spirit, the rulers of the darkness of this world, all poverty, all lack, every attack from your adversary, every sickness and disease, every accident and negative incident. I dare you right now to tell it, good luck, because I still got to pray. I'm about to praise my way out. I'm about to get mad enough to shout. I'm about to get ticked. So they put them in the prison. They fastened their feet in the stocks, but they could still lift their hands. They could still open their mouths.
Now I want you to change that from a shout of praise to a shout of get your hands off my stuff. Drive him out of your body. Drive him out of your mind. Drive him out of your house. Get him out of your neighborhood. The Bible bears out uh, that this woman had a spirit. Be seated. Be seated. Says divination. Sorcery. For you, Valor Christian College students, according to the local cultural truth, when this account was given, she had a spirit of Python. A python is a very strange creature. I love to study animals. Since I'm the highest one on the food chain. A python will stalk its prey. A python will lie in wait until the prey gets close enough for it to strike. Unlike a rattler or a black mamba or an eastern Kentucky cottonmouth, It bites, and its prey thinks, hmm, that wasn't so bad. Like Samson, laying the seven locks of his hair in the lap of Delilah. And then shaking himself and carrying off the gates of the city again. The adversary lures you, bites you, and you say, that wasn't all that bad. And before you know it, he's wrapping himself around you suddenly he's cut off your air your breath your spirit his strength she had a Here's what the python spirit wants to do. It makes its purpose to keep you from moving. To paralyze you. So you will stay. Stop fighting. That python wants you to stop fighting. So does the devil. Revelation 3, 16. Jesus said, I would that you were hot or cold. 
You know, the, the most used definition of the word hot is in place of the word mad. Well, I was hot. I was angry. I was mad. I got ticked off. That just ticks me off. Look at Christians. They're like, <laughs> the greatest miracles I've ever had in 42 years of gospel ministry is when I got something mad I wouldn't take it anymore. Jesus is nauseated by mediocrity, disturbed by apathy, and he is the absolute adversary of the status quo. Now, I'm closing. I didn't say I was dismissing. I said I was closed. Uh, give me two, two guys about the same height. Give me two guys about the same height. All right, elder and pastor, come, come. Come up here. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to stand one here and one there facing. One here and one there facing. I want you to lift both hands like you were praising. Now put them together. This is a mountain. This is a mountain. Let me tell you where you are tonight. I know because the Holy Spirit spoke to me today. I've never preached this in my life. I told you earlier, you've been climbing that mountain. And it's been a struggle. Mountain climbing is one of the most physically exhausting activities one could ever engage in. So it is with the Spirit. So Caleb comes back from spying out the Promised Land. Let's say this is your promise. Because you don't live in a Promised Land, you live in a land of promises. Tell somebody, tell them, I'm not living in a promised land because that has a single geographical location. No, no, no. My blessing is wherever I am. I'm in a land of promises. But between you and your land of promise, there's a mountain in your way but I told you Holy Ghost spoke to me and if I can't hear him you shouldn't be here I heard it. I heard it and he said you tell them they've climbed that mountain they made it over the crags. They've clutched on and held on when there was virtually nothing to hang on to. They kept climbing. They've had times where they slid back down, but they didn't go down. They got back up because that ain't no mountain to a climber. And they keep climbing. Finally, you're to the summit. Uh-oh. Now, this is where you are right now. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Cause there ain't much room to stand up here. The wind 
is howling up here. It's not all rainbows and unicorns up here. This is for the mountain climbers. There's not a lot of air up here. You getting squeezed up here. It's bone chilling, cold up here. And very few are your companions up here. Took a long, long time to get on top this mountain. You know what this is? This is the tipping point. And right back down the mountain. Or one hallelujah. Show somebody and tell them I'm about to tip. I'm about to tip. Help me go in the right direction. I don't want to go back where I've been. I don't want to climb this mountain again. Somebody prays with me and tip me into my promise. Shove somebody. Tell them get into your promise. Now watch what happens. All the momentum, all the struggle, when you get tipped, becomes momentum. You ever ride a roller coaster? I dare you, when I say three, to tip. You got some heavenly momentum shouting out. Shouting, I'm about to change my season. Will you let me close it? Be seated. Acts 16, 25, we're still in the same passage. But everybody say, tick. A new day doesn't begin at dawn. A new season does not begin with the sunrise. A new season begins at midnight. A new, a new day, a new future, a new family situation, a new house, a new bank account, a new body, a new mind. A new hope, a new joy, a new peace mm, always comes at midnight. Because anyone can sing a tune on a clear day at noon. But Lord, give me a song to sing at midnight. Tick, tick. 
at midnight, Paul and Silas sang and prayed. Didn't just say Paul. Paul and Silas at the gate of the temple, the gate beautiful, Peter and John, my father and my God, Saul, Saul, here we have the power of agreement. You get a bunch of people that recognize, A, they in prison, they in some kind of bondage, they're not in their promise, and B, that they know they're supposed to be in their promise. Where the will of God is unknown, perfect faith cannot exist. Faith begins where the will of God is known. At some point, you had faith to believe in salvation. At some point, you had faith to believe in healing. At some point, you will believe in divine prosperity. At some point, you will believe this. You might as well just make it now. They came into agreement singing hymns to God and praying. Watch this. And all the other prisoners were listening to them. Tonight, you have somebody's ear. Somebody's watching you. Somebody in the dormitories has been watching you. Somebody on social media has been watching you. You have someone's ear because they are in similar captivity. From the jail shall it ring, as Paul and Silas sang, heaven couldn't help but hear their song. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. God's about to shake some stuff up. And the foundations of the prison, the foundations of the, not the doors, I feel somebody tipping. I feel somebody made it to the other side. Now watch this, because this is going to freak you out right here. Go to the very last line. Go to the very last line of that passage, quickly. Nope, that's not the very last line. Thank you. Now the uh, cat assigned with keeping them in prison. Watch this. Woke up and like nobody was in their cell. And he started to panic. He knew that was going to be his head. Yeah. And suddenly Paul cried back to him, uh, saying he was going to kill himself. And Paul said, do yourself no harm. We're all here. 
and we got some good news for you. You're our promise. And when they brought them out, he said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Everything that's been fighting against you on the downhill slide about to fight for you. You're one, you're two, you're three, you're four, you're five going to become the greatest prayer warriors in your life. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.